Hey guys, so during the time of recording, I just finished three days back to back with eight different entrepreneurs, different skill, different kind of businesses, and they came together to talk a little bit about their entrepreneurship journey, right? Essentially, talk about all the things that usually people don't listen to. But what is important is through these three days, I felt like, hey, maybe I should talk a little bit about starting a business, especially starting a business with very small budget, right? Because different kind of businesses are different and I know some people, you know, some of you guys are trying to do your own side hustle, trying to start your own venture, trying to, you know, create a thing of your own, right? And break apart from your job, which is which is fine. I mean, if you love a job, do it. If you don't like a job, change a job. And if you feel like you want to do your venture, hey, why not, right? So welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about some honest advice, right? About starting a business with very, very small budget. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So good morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we'll be debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. And today, I'm going to spend some time to talk about some honest tips about starting a business with, like, small budget. Huh? Cannot be no budget. Okay, maybe can, but yeah, you get the idea. Hey, welcome back. I know many of you guys, you know, ask about, you know, starting your own site hustle, do your own business so that you can make more income, grow your cash flow, you know, compound your profits, yada, yada. Those are good stuff, right? Uh, But the reality is starting business is not as simple as it is. And it doesn't help that, you know, there's tons of people online trying to tell you like, hey, do this, tested proven system, you're going to succeed after you buy this program. And I'm like, dude, man, doing a business is not as simple. Um, And I'm not saying that they're definitely wrong. They probably have some good tips and tricks within them. But figuring out a business is a much more complicated process. So I decided that I'll share with you some, you know, tips, you know, as to what some of us do, some business people, some of us do. Yeah, I think I'm business people lah, huh? I say that also a bit paisay. Because I'm like I'm like a serial-filled entrepreneur, right? I tried many things and many things didn't work. You know, but recently, of course, things are getting a bit better. Like with the podcast, you guys, more and more people are listening and we're slowly systemizing it into kind of like a business, trying to find ways to, you know, monetize it and systemize it and make it into something more proper, right? And of course, I work for other businesses. So yeah, over time, I do have some experiences. And of course, after I talk to the eight people, I think, you know, I start to see some commonality as to how things work. Work, right? So today I decided that I will share with you some good stuff. 
But one caveat before we begin, I specifically said that, you know, it is about starting a business with small budget. Because reality is, if you are, you know, not bootstrapping, right, you are just kind of, you have a certain budget, you're trying to invest in something, you know, you're buying over a business or you are raising some money to then grow your startup, high growth company. So those are very, very different. And the way they do things are slightly different. Uh, I think there are certain fundamentals that are shared across the board, but, you know, it is... Um, it's a different journey. It's a different pace of growth. It's different kind of rigor. And yeah, we can talk about that another time. I'll probably bring a few friends of mine in the space to come on and talk about their journey. But, you know, for most of us, they are just trying to, you know, start our own like carousel store, our own Instagram store, or, you know, I don't know, sell some stuff. Um, small little, little things that we're trying to do on the side, maybe write a blog and monetize it or, or whatever. You know, I, I don't know these days what kind of businesses do you guys want to start or do people want to start, right? If you want to do small stuff, you know, do your own hawker store. I mean, 101 ways to do things. And that's why I believe that, you know, with people that are trying to do a small business with a small budget, there are certain commonalities and common basis. And I'm going to share with you some tips and tricks. And the very, very first one is... Focus on fulfilling a demand, okay? Don't think about creating one. So creating a demand is something I feel only the bigger businesses do because they have big budgets. They're trying to innovate on new product. They're trying to, you know, educate the public to do a whole new thing. And those things are very, very expensive. For like a better way to put it, right? Many people are trying to create the next big thing. But realistically, I think um, it is not that you cannot create the next big thing, but most of the people that create next big things, right, they are very deep in the space, right? I mean, they're very deep in their field. They know their stuff and they've raised a lot of money. You know, they are trying to do something much, much bigger. Of course, I'm not saying you cannot enter these kind of businesses, but if you choose to enter, then there's a very different discussion. But if you just want to kind of do a small business and just kind of make some side income, then I think you should focus on what your customers want. You know, go around and survey them, try to profile them, fulfill their need, find out what problems do they have, and, you know, kind of work from there, right? Rather than thinking of like this next big thing usually I call it developing in the dark I always tell my team it's like hey we don't develop in the dark because when you develop in the dark you're not sure whether people want it right so it's not very efficient and you spend a lot of resources trying to do something that you know may not be the case right which is very synonymous with creating a demand or creating something whole new right so Unless you have some big-ass vision and foresight, which is why I say most people that create next big thing, like huge-ass big things, they tend to be sector deep. You know, So if you're not, you're just trying to make some money, then focus on fulfilling a demand. And how do you know that there's a demand? You go out and survey, talk to people. You know, you kind of already know who are your customers, right? Who are your immediate customers? And talk to them, right? If you're trying to sell a cookie to them and then ask them, hey, what kind of cookies do you love, right? Are there some references? What's the price point they're willing to pay, right? And focus on understanding the customers and profiling them, from there, you fulfill their needs. If you know that they have a certain problem and enough people tell you they have a certain problem, then okay, ta-da, you can solve it. If you start the other way around, right, which is like, okay, I have something and I want to sell it and then you keep shoving down people's throat and nobody's biting it, nobody's, you know, um, nobody wants it, right? Then, then you're just going down a rabbit hole of shit show, right? The chances of you 
making a deal or chances of you like breaking through from that business is going to be really, really tough. It's not impossible, but it's going to be really tough. Right, so if, let's say you create this. Okay, so one of the people that I interview, you will know her soon. So let's say you create a bag, right? So her story is she she created this bag. She built a prototype, okay? And then she it's a trolley thing and then she brought around and people, you know, she asked people, hey, is this what you want? And then people like, no, 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 no. And then in her head, it was like, you don't understand, lah, right? You don't understand, right? This is what you want. But actually the market just told her, she went on the survey on the street and the market told her that this is not what I want, right? So... She didn't believe it. She took the prototype, went to China and, you know, waste all the money and whatnot. But she came back. She redid the whole process. And somehow, this other product that she's created, people wanted it. Right? So when people wanted it, it is so much easier to do because you are just fulfilling a demand. Right? So go and find out what do people want. Find out their problems and solve it. Don't try to create a whole new thing and shove it down people's throat. Okay? Ay, chances are, you know, you want to succeed, right? Fulfill the demand. Which brings me to point number two. After you find out that there's a demand in the space, okay, you do all your survey, you go and talk to all these people, you talk to, you profile your clients, right? And then you find out that there's a demand for a certain thing. Point number two is create a solution that you can, okay? Forget about scalability, Okay, forget about scalability first. And I'm going to share with you why after a word from our sponsor. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, there is a lot of talk about scalability. And it is true that if you want to grow your business you know, to a much bigger size, much bigger scale, you need to look at how to scale the business, which essentially means how to grow the business a lot faster, in a more systematic manner. But reality is, I think most people start with very not scalable kind of things, right? You, you, nobody starts by creating something that's like super scalable because when something is ready for scale, then there must be already a lot of people using this thing. There, You see the demand coming in organically or, you know, you found a funnel, you found a certain way that can keep people coming in and it grows, grows, grows. And then from there, you double down and scale it, right? So, so you want to make sure that the thing that you're selling works, the solution that you've created, you know, has reached a point where it can keep repeating and repeating and repeating. But before that, before that, there's a lot of tinkering, a lot of things that you know you are testing out. You want to prove the concept. You want to prove that, okay, now you found this potential demand. You want to fulfill it. You do what you can first. Okay, so let me just give you an example. Okay, so today you love to eat cookies, right? And uh, people around you, you know, in school, everybody loves cookies or so because... Who doesn't like cookies? Okay, but okay. If you don't like cookies, it's fine. Okay, but if you love cookies and you realize that, hey, you know, in school, there isn't like really a place that sells very good cookies. What do you do, right? You don't go and like immediately, you know, outsource this whole thing to, to somebody to produce, you know, and like buy a vending machine to then dispense, you know, all this kind of stuff. What you probably will do is, 
if you don't know how to build a website, you go and start an Instagram page, right? Start an Instagram page and then go back home, try to figure out what kind of cookie, you know, that people want based on the demand, based on the survey and the profiling of the customer that you've done, right? So go ask all your friends, you know, what do you want? What do you want? Everybody likes cookies. Okay, okay. How much willing you willing to pay? What's your favorite uh, flavor? You know, what's the size that, that you enjoy? Blah, blah, blah. You come back, you try to create a solution, you know, that you can, right? So... If you don't have a stem mixer at home, what do you do? You take whatever bowl there is, pour the ingredient in, and then you mix, 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 and then you do it. So if people like it, then you verified it. Okay, this solution that you have created, it's not scalable. Okay, you cannot double, triple, quadruple, but people like it, right? So then now, if there's more demand, what do you do? Okay, potentially now, uh, you keep mixing, mixing, very tired already, cannot beta hunt. You buy a stand mixer. The stand mixer now helps you to mix all these different stuff and you can like maybe produce 10 times more than when you use your hand, right? Or you buy a bigger oven. Now you can produce 10 times more than when you had your small little oven that you used to toast your morning bread, <laughs> right? So from there, you realize that, okay, now if business continues to grow and more and more people want it, people want different flavor and you realize that, oh my God, I'm taking up the whole kitchen. Even my mom cannot cook now. What do you do? You probably need to go find some place to you know do the packing and produce elsewhere with a kitchen space or you know work with, on a consignment with someone else. But the idea is not to give you the ultimate cookie dough recipe or cookie you know, business recipe. But the idea is to let you envision and realize that you can only do so much and realistically, every step of the way when you're trying to grow your business, things are changing again and again and again. And processes are, uh, you know, just, they just keep changing the processes. Much like how, you know, I did this podcast. When I first started, it was just me, one person using some very chalat, you know, input to the phone kind of mic and it grew and grew. People, you guys enjoy, you guys listen. And then I was like, okay, maybe I want to buy a better mic so that I can, you know, amp up on quality. So then what do I do? I buy a better mic, I amp up the quality. But at the point in time, I was still editing. So I couldn't do a lot. And then after that, I was like, okay, if I want to do more of this and people are enjoying, more and more people are coming on, what do I do? I need to outsource the production process, the production back-end process. So I got our sound engineer, you know, in residence, Harry, to kind of help us do all these kind of things, do all the production process. Okay, then I realized, okay, now more and more people enjoying the podcast and we want to talk about different varied topics. I need to recruit people to talk about other topics. So I recruit all these people and then I need to create a system to teach them, right? So then I recorded a whole start podcast startup kit internally circulated amongst all the guys so that they can listen, okay, what to do, how to ask questions, how to stage certain things. So you realize that at every step of the way, things are changing, which is why I really think you can throw out the fascination about this one-time, good one, scalable, tested, proven system model kind of stuff. Because to me, these things don't work, right? From a recurring, from a from a, someone that I've tried many, many times, different, different kind of businesses, and all my friends around, quite a few of them are entrepreneurs, we all realize that, you know, it is a tinkering process. You do what you can first, and then over time, you know, you just keep changing and improving and change, 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 and then, when there's more demand, you keep growing, change, change, change. Suddenly, you scale up. Suddenly, things things grow, right? And you will you will reach a tipping point and you'll reach what we call a hockey stick, right? You will then grow, grow, grow and somehow it may take over your life and become a thing. You can quit your job and do your business, right? But it is not uh, buy a course and then, you know, scalable immediately it works. Doesn't, right? Focus on what you know, fulfill the demand, okay? Which brings me to point number three. That is... 
Do not work with your friends, okay? Work with people you can trust. What do I mean? What do I mean? Okay, a lot of people, when they start their own business, right, first thing they think of uh, is find their friend because they can trust their friend. But I've said this somewhere in one of the podcasts before, you know, when you trust your friend, you trust that your friend is a friend. That means when you're not feeling well, you know, they can be there to support you, to cuddle with you, to score other people with you, to drink with you, or they can have fun with you. They will be there with you as a friend. But that does not mean that they can do business together. Do they have the skill set? Do they have the hunger? Do they have the common vision? And, you know, do they even suit you? Some people you can have fun with, right? But you cannot work with them, one, right? And that is why I don't believe in working with friends. I working. I believe in working with people that I can trust. And trust, right, is very much based on reliability and repetitiveness. Okay, and what do I mean, right? I can trust someone to be an asshole, right, if they constantly are an asshole, right? <laughs> because repeat, man, repeat, man, they keep repeating and themselves and they're very reliable that they're an asshole, right? But so, when I look for my business partner, I want to date them. Right, I want to go through a process of getting to know them, you know, date them, and you know, and dating does not mean like pato pato, but like you know, hey, ask, get to know them, drink coffee, and then like try small little projects together. Let's say, you know, let's say I want to do a podcast, right? Like like we're doing a podcast, and. I want to get someone to be a business partner. I don't immediately get them on with like, hey, okay, this person experienced our same vision, blah, 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 immediately. No, it doesn't work that way, right? I take time to do small little projects like, okay, let's run some live videos, you know, let's see how the work ethic is like, you know, how, how, how much initiative does this person have? Do we share the same vision? Do we share the same moral values? And all those kind of stuff, right? So take time to date these people and over time, you find that a lot of people that work together didn't start as friends, Right? And, and it is perfectly fine. But if just so happened that your friend is also very entrepreneurial and you trust them and you think that you guys can do it together, okay, then so be it. Do it together. Right? It is not that you cannot work with your friends, but I tend not to price that friend factor very high. I want to price, you know, the kind of reliability and trust factor higher. And sometimes, you know, like I said, you can trust your friend to be a friend, but it does not mean that your friend can be a business partner. And I hope that makes sense for you. One personal tip is really do not take business, your business partner lightly. Do not take, you know, choosing a business partner very lightly in a sense that, you know, I realize a lot of people do this. Like they, they take a lot of effort to try to hire the first person, but they can randomly show their like colleague or show their friend, hey, let's do a business together. You know, to me, that is like, like dude, your first step to failure is you randomly show your colleague or you show your drinking friends or you show whatever, you know, random person out there to do it together, right? Chances are, you know, things may not work, lah, right? So when, when I look at it, there are some people that make it this way, okay? That, that's uh, normally, but statistically, I think you want to work with people that are entrepreneurial, people that have the same vision, same moral values and have a certain level of skill set that you can, prov- that they can provide you with, you know, from as we go along. But of course, if you cannot find these people, then you see if you can do it alone. Okay, you start alone. It is perfectly okay. So what my personal experience is, when you have too many people to start together, two or three people, or four or five people is the worst. Okay, two or three, let's let's start with two or three. If you, if you take more than three people to start a project, then don't do this project already. Okay, let's say you do three co-founders and everybody start this thing together. What will happen is, you spend a lot of time talking about things that, you know, ain't no matter. Because there's nothing in front. Everybody is trying to input their ideas, input their beliefs, input their whatever, whatever into this empty thing. It's very tough. But if you can 
take whatever you can do. You found out there's a demand you want, you're trying to fulfill. You create whatever solution you can create as, as simple as possible that you can and you take it and run first. Over time, it, this thing starts to become something. Right and and there is like you know like like I do this podcast after a while you know oh okay they, it forms a shape you know uh, people are listening there is a certain thing going on now it's a lot easier to welcome business partners it's a lot easier to bring co-founders on because they already see something they know generally where you are trying to go towards and then they will only join you if they believe in it right so so it's much easier rather than start random people so if you you want to start something with with people you make sure that you can trust them on a work and business basis not just about friends and if you cannot find don't desperately randomly find anybody try to do it on your own and once the picture starts to come out a little bit it's a lot easier for people to chime in on the picture right it's very difficult when three people start on an empty sheet of paper personal experience, okay? So I'm going to sum up today three points to starting a small business with small budget, okay? Number one is focus on fulfilling a demand. Don't try too hard to create one, okay? Go out and survey, find out, you know, what do people have? What kind of problems and what kind of demands do they have? And try to fulfill that. Number two is create a solution that you can. Forget about scalability. Don't think about scaling because scaling is an ongoing process. It takes time to keep changing, changing, changing. It gets there. Work on what you can first and fulfill that demand and then we work from there. Number three is do not work with your friends. Work with people you can trust, right? And trust comes from reliability, comes from repetitiveness and you know, you want to find out the person, date the person, get to know them, what are their experience, what can they bring to the table and worst come to worst, do it on your own, take it and run. Down the road, things may happen, okay? So I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the Financial Coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. I hope you would share what you've gained with people you love and want to hear from you. Give me some questions and help me along with building our community of financially savvy coconuts. I hope together we can fulfill our curious minds and our desire for clarity. Join our community telegram group, reach out to us on Facebook Instagram, sign up for our weekly newsletter, everything is in the description below. If you enjoy the podcast and feel you want to keep us going and stay independent, do buy us Kofi at Kofi.com. With that, have a great day ahead, stay tuned next week and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Test, test. Okay, yes. So I hope you um, learned something useful and I think the year is coming to an end, right? So... For whatever has happened, 2020 has been a crazy year for many of us. Um, some of us do better in certain ways. Some of us maybe wish to struggle in other ways. But yeah, if you want to do your own business six year, you want to start investing and whatnot, okay, cool. But I think before that, since we're in the last two weeks where there'll be a lot of celebration, a lot of gatherings, then 
I thought, why not uh, we talk about something different next week, right? So next week, we're going to spend some time to focus on the part of, you know, creating a life you love, right? Because I always talk about it, right? How do we create a life we love while managing our finances well, right? So finance is only a part of it. How do we go about then creating a life we can love, right? So next week, we're going to talk about some things that I feel you should pursue beyond just money alone, right? And these stuff, I think, are super precious and we're going to talk about it, right? Because life is not all about money and, you know, you, for like a better way to put it, you cannot manage your finances independent of your life. Then it becomes quite lame, okay? But... <laughs> Either way, I'll see you next week. We're going to talk about some interesting things that I feel that sometimes we want to pursue these things, but, you know, we don't know if it's like, oh, are we sacrificing our pursuit for career success, for money, or whatnot, right? So next week, we'll talk about it. I'll see you next week. See ya!